Well, amen, amen. Good morning to all the Hills Campus folks this morning out there. It is a, it's a blessed Resurrection Sunday morning, and uh, I'm just so appreciative of Sister Barbara Henderson sharing her giftedness with us this morning. And uh, listen, and it's just what a, what a blessing it is to know that our Savior is risen. He's alive. He is risen. He is alive forevermore. And because He lives, you and I will live also. So at this time, what I want you to do is uh, we'll have the words on the screen. I want you to sing so loud in your home that I hear you down here at the Beverly Hills campus and Beverly Hills floor at the Hills campus. Join us this morning as we sing, He Lives. Amen. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along my narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You Henderson for that wonderful, wonderful playing. Amen. Isn't it good? Good morning. What a good, good morning it is this morning. How, how about that? Amen. 
Well, listen, I want to get started this morning, and the first thing we're going to do is go to our Lord in prayer. Uh, just be mindful of, uh, of course, you, you're reminded every day about everything that our nation's going through, the world is going through, things that we've never gone through before. And God has put the brakes on a lot of things for us, and, uh, and I believe that the reason the brakes have been put on is for us to pay uh, extra t- attention to him. I think we need to heed his warning. Uh, God is absolutely in control, and he can shut the world down just like that. And we've been experiencing each and every day. But remember those uh, who are dying from this uh, coronavirus. Remember those worldwide in our own country. Those We have several family members who have lost loved ones because of it. Uh, also remember Sister Isaiah and the passing of Brother Tim. Uh, the homegoing of him that he's in eternal bliss with the, Jesus Christ, the living Savior, who we are talking about this morning and singing about this morning. And, and listen, there's nothing greater to sing or talk about than Jesus. You can't top Jesus. No way, no how, never, right? So let's go to the Lord in prayer as we thank Jesus for what he's done. Father, we humble ourselves in your holy presence. Lord Jesus, you're so faithful to us. Lord, you're faithful to us. We know uh, the evidence is overwhelming. Lord, as I think about the whole week of Holy Week, and I think about how you rode in on that donkey, Lord, and uh, as uh, hosannas were being hailed to you, but just a few days later, uh, they were yelling crucify. And Lord, this was all predetermined by God the Father, Lord, that this would take place in order to redeem all of us lost mankind. I pray, Lord Jesus, as we go into your word this morning, God, we thank you. We say hallelujah, hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that even now as we speak, as we worship you, Jesus, that we, you intercede for, on all of our behalf. And God, we're so grateful for you interceding on our behalf. Lord, you continually intercede on our behalf each and every day, moment by moment and day by day. And God, we're just so grateful and we're excited to know, God, that we serve a living Savior. There's no dead Savior. He's a living Savior. And we serve a living Savior this morning. And we give you praise for it all. Lord, I pray that within the sound of my voice, God, that everybody would have assurance that there would be an excitement and energy within inside each and every person. Lord, whether they know you or they don't know you, if they're listening and they don't know you, it's my prayer this morning, God, that you would invade the territory of their heart. Squeeze, Lord, those hearts. Pull on those heartstrings, God, that they would know for without any doubt and hesitation whatsoever, God, that it's you. It's a holy God that squeezes men's heart and women's heart and children's heart. And Lord, may we forever be rejoicing in our salvation. May we ever be rejoicing that God, that you would reach down and draw people to yourself. And Lord, we're just so eternally grateful for that. We know, Lord, that out of no way from our part, you made the way, God. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. And Jesus, we give you praise and honor and glory this morning. We pray, Lord, that as this message is proclaimed this morning, that it not only touches our fellowship, but it touches everybody out side of our fellowship, everybody that's in the community of Beverly Hills, in Lecanto, in Citrus County, in the state of Florida, in the United States, globally, through every country, God, you are able to do that, and that the message of the gospel is being proclaimed, even now as we speak, that people will hear the truth of the message of God, the only hope for mankind's salvation, the only hope 
for a virus. The only hope for cancer, the only hope for anything in this world is lies alone in Jesus Christ. And God, we give you praise and great glory for it all, Father. We thank you. Save people today, Lord. We encourage people today. And Lord, we love you for it, Lord, and we can't love you enough for it. For it's in Jesus' name. And all God's children said what? <clears throat> Amen, amen. Thank you all so much. Well, hey, listen, let's get right to it here this morning. Listen, I just want to tell you right up front, and I'm sitting down today a little bit because I don't want to go crazy standing up. But anyway, there are two great pillars that the archway of the gospel, listen, supports. There are two great pillars that the archway of the gospel supports. There's one pillar. Number one is the death of Christ, and number two is the resurrection of Christ. You can't have one without the other. I mean, it's no good. You got to have one. You can't have one without the other. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, listen to the word of God this morning in verses 3. He says, For I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, hallelujah, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, hallelujah, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, hallelujah. And I'm interjecting the hallelujahs there because I just praise Jesus that he died and was buried and he rose again. That therein is the gospel message. That's the message that you and I have to preach each and every day. The gospel of Jesus Christ who takes away the sin of the world. These are essential to our salvation that we understand that. In Romans 4 and verse 25 it says, He was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification." He was made sin for us that we might be made what? The righteousness of God in him. That's what it was. Only the Christian faith, listen to this. This is an interesting and it's a fact. Only, only the Christian faith records the death of its founder. Only in all the world's religion. All of the religious leaders are dead. Only Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Only Jesus was raised from dead. Only Jesus continues to live, and his power and his might is perfected in all of us that are his children. And I thank the Lord for that. So with that, let's turn into Matthew 28, and let's go into the story of resurrection that Sunday morning. Amen? Uh, Matthew 28, and we're going to read uh, starting in verse 1 through verse 10 this morning. This is resurrection morning. It says, after the Sabbath which was Saturday for the Jewish. It says, as the first day of the week was dawning, Sunday morning, it says, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. It says, suddenly there was a violent earthquake. See, Jesus knows how to shake the world. He knows how to rattle the world. Friday night, there was an earthquake when he was on the cross. Listen, Sunday morning, there's an earthquake as they're approaching the tomb. And listen to what happened. Because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone he was, and, and was sitting on the... Can you picture that? Look over here at our beautiful tomb over here, right? And look, can you imagine this angel sitting on top of that stone, sitting on top of there after the earth had shaken and all all everything was going on. Listen, that stone, when you see that stone, it's not rolled back. 
to let Jesus out. No, never, never can it be. It's not to let Jesus out, but it's to let all of us and Mary and all of them in. That's why the stone is rolled away. Jesus could come through it. He didn't need it. And we know that as later on as he appeared to his disciples in the upper room and the doors were shut and locked because they were fearful for their life. And then Jesus, boom, he appears and there he is and amongst them. So Jesus, listen, it's time, space, matter, it doesn't matter to him. He is the glorified living Jesus Christ, and he can do anything. These angels come down, and they sit on that stone, and it's really an amazing thing. So look at verse 3. His appearance, this angel's appearance, was like lightning, and his robe was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken from fear of him that they became like dead men. But the angel told the woman, don't be afraid because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. Praise the Lord for he has been resurrected just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead. In fact, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. And he said, listen, I have told you. So we all, all of us in this room, all of us out there on social media, all of us as Christians, listen, we should have very, very strong convictions of this in our lives, that Jesus died, that Jesus was buried and rose from the dead. Those convictions must be very strong. They must be rock solid in your heart and your mind that Jesus died on that cross. He truly died on that cross for you, that he was truly buried. He buried your sin in the tomb. And then the third day, he rose from the dead. Those convictions convictions must be rock solid in us and then with these convictions we can go and quickly share that gospel without those convictions you're not going to share that gospel and listen but you have to have we are all to go and tell no different than these women that we're reading about right here as jesus as the angel commanded these women to do look at verse 8 it says so departing quickly listen from the tomb with fear and great joy they ran to tell his disciples the news just then Jesus met them and said, good morning. Isn't that amazing? I just think that's, so, that's why I started off this morning with good morning. <clears throat> to me, it's just a simple good morning. But don't you know what that must have happened to these ladies as they're trying to run him back and they're fearful and they're frightened and they're running back because they just met this angel and scared the dickens out of them and they're running along and all of a sudden Jesus appears there and tells them, good morning, whoa. What happens? Let's see what happens. Then they came up and they took a hold of Jesus' feet and they worshiped him. This is what we're doing this morning, folks. Are you worshiping Jesus, the living Jesus this morning? Worship him. Listen, in spirit and in truth, does your heart leap, leap for joy? Does your mind just have affections on Jesus like nothing else around you or in you or above you or below you or anything or beyond you? Listen, Jesus is the centerpiece this morning. It's about Jesus this morning. It's about nothing else. It's about Jesus. Then Jesus told them, he said, don't be afraid. He said, go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. And so the Savior says, good morning. Listen, it's not just, it, is this not a good morning church? Amen, it is. Then Jesus makes an appointment to see 
them and his brothers. Listen, and he called them brothers. I love that because that's why I like to say brother, like Sister Barbara and Brother Terry and those. Listen, we are brothers and sisters in Jesus. Let's never forget that. So when we come back for our homecoming, when it's time to come back in here, I better see a lot of brothers and sisters and listen, and we're going to make a lot of food, right? And we're going to have a little maybe social afterwards. We're going to have a feast afterwards. And we're going to enjoy each other's time. We've been separated and your absence does make the heart grow fonder. And Denny and I, we sure miss each and every one of you. And we're excited to see exactly what God is going to do. And so when we come back, it's going to be a joyous day. And I look forward to great anticipation for that. Listen, I want to share with you something that a great preacher in England, Charles Spurgeon, said. He wrote about the resurrection. Listen to this. It says, the Lord Jesus suffered for the believer as his substitute. And virtually each saved one died in Christ who represented him the believer rose in Christ by virtue of the eternal union which exists between the saint and the savior he says therefore the believer continues to live for the Lord has said because I live ye shall live also oh my hear if you are not in Christ you have nothing he says out of Christ you are in the wilderness with him you are in paradise In Christ, believers possess all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and grace and power and love. All things are yours if you are Christ. From our our union to Christ follows our sanctification. Our sanctification, we cannot follow after sin anymore. No longer can we follow after sin, for Christ does not follow after it. He died unto sin once, and we are henceforth dead to sin. He is risen by the glory of the Father, and we are risen with him into righteousness and acceptance and tremendous joy. And I pray that joy is you. I pray it is. Listen to Romans 6, 5, what what Paul writes in Romans. He says, for if we have been joined with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Isn't that wonderful news? The cross and the resurrection go together. You can't have the cross without the resurrection, and you can't have the resurrection without the cross when it comes to Jesus that goes together. You must go to the cross, as we explained Friday night, to get to the resurrection. You will have no resurrection to eternal, everlasting life apart from going to that cross. And so it's essential, both of them. They're like two sides of the same coin, and we need to go to it. We each must make an individual choice to seek God and to find God, to be filled with his peace and joy and awareness of who he is, who we are, and what it means to be his child. Are you seeking God with all your heart, my soldier? Are you seeking Jesus? Listen, lost person, are you seeking the Lord? My heart burdens for you. I want you to seek where he may be found. This is a great place to start, but the next greatest place to start is searching your heart through the scriptures of the word of God as you read through the gospels seek Jesus out and when you seek him out he says when you draw near unto me he says I will draw near and nigh unto you so please do that please do that listen to what Deuteronomy says in the Old Testament verse uh, chapter 30 verse 19 chapter 30 verse 19 he said I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Listen, 
Love the Lord your God. Obey him and remain faithful to him. That's all you have to do. Jesus made it so simple. His, his commandments are not burdensome. And listen, he just wants you to rest in him so he can rest in you. And listen, let God sort everything else out. Listen, he's responsible for your salvation. When he saves you, he's responsible to get you to the end. And listen, you just have to submit and trust his authority and do and, and follow what he would have for you to follow. We want to provide you, listen, I want to provide you with the definition of the resurrection morning as I was looking for. I looked on Google, right? So I, took, I just wanted to see what Google would say. Here's what Google said. The definition on Google, it says, the action of, or fact of resurrecting or being resurrecting. Duh. Okay, so, okay. I looked at Merriam-Webster, though. I, I read Merriam-Webster, and uh, this is a guy from a long time ago, Noah Webster, and it says here, the rising of Christ from the dead. Amen. Now, that's the definition of resurrection, right? The rising again to life of all the human dead before the final judgment. Mm. The state of one rising from the dead. And see, just like Jesus, our example, listen, God is always in the business of bringing life out of death. That's what he does. That's his mission when he came. He wants to bring life out of death. Philippians 3, 10 and 11 says, my goal, Paul said, is my goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Because we're going to suffer if we love Christ and we know Christ and we explain Christ and we share Christ in the gospel. He says we're going to suffer like Paul suffered, like Jesus suffered. We're all going to suffer. We share, but that's all right. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in when Jesus raises you to him. Joy comes and Jesus will take care of you all the way through it he says listen the power of his resurrection the fellowship of suffering being conformed to his death assuming that i will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead listen we die to ourselves yes many times we stop right there while well, you need to die paul you got to die daily that's true but a lot of times we stop right there we just we die but listen only so we can come alive to who we were really made to be Christ within us makes us alive. We die to ourselves that Christ is made alive inside of each and every one of us. You and I have experienced resurrection already. This should not be something new to you and to me. Yes, Jesus rose from the dead 2,000 years ago, but when you got saved, Jesus rose in your tomb of your body to everlasting life. What an amazing fact that when you say, oh yes, and as we look forward to our resurrection when we die, let me remind you that at salvation you too were resurrected already. Spiritually speaking, that is, you are resurrected unto new life. The old man is buried. The new man has come. We are all dead in our trespasses and sins, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. New life in Christ is a type of resurrection that is real and that is true for the life of every believer. Listen, if you are not alive in Christ here on this planet Earth, you won't be alive in Christ there. It cannot happen. It will not happen. You and I are living proof that God brings life into dead places. Man, I remember how I was. We, we only truly live when we die, and Christ lives in each and every one of us. Everything in the world, schools, listen to this, ball games, music concert, stores, restaurants, even churches are empty this very moment and silent. Countless meetings and, listen, family gatherings and weddings and funerals, conferences and events have been canceled. And here, this, the resurrection is not canceled. 
The resurrection cannot be canceled. It is not canceled. God is always in the business, listen, of bringing life out of death. Amen? I mean, I just think that's so awesome. Jesus comes out of the tomb so that you and I can do the same thing every single day that Jesus did. Jesus rose from the grave. Come on, people. Come on, church. Let's rise from this tomb of our bodies. Let's come on out of the tomb. It's right here in our hearts. Listen, don't let, don't let, Jesus didn't stay in the grave. Jesus didn't stay in that, in that tomb. Jesus didn't stay in there. And don't, don't take your body. It's the temple of the Lord. It's not a tomb for the dead awaken notify your face that jesus is alive people need to see it right we need to see it and we need to believe it it needs to be real it needs to be true it needs to be exciting jesus is alive and there's no greater news than that jesus is alive and we that know him are alive with him this very moment right here and now so i have a question for each and every one of you this morning is this body you are wearing is that your personal tomb think about this Another question, are you a dead man or a dead woman or a boy and girl where the life of Jesus has not been resurrected you into new life? Is that you this morning? I pray that it's not. I just want to share, you know, in Matthew 23, uh, the Lord had said this. Listen to this. He's talking. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Verse 27. He says, you are like whitewashed tombs which appear beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of dead man's bones. And every impurity, in the same way on the outside, you seem righteous to people, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Listen, I was thinking about this some time ago, a few years ago, and when I first came to this campus, uh, when we came here two and a half years ago, and we came into Beverly Hills, and I hadn't been to Beverly Hills since I was a teenager. And I came in here, and I came to the beautiful church. The church was is gorgeous. I mean, it was kept up really not inside and both buildings, this and that. But I was sitting in the office when I first came that first week, and I saw and noticed people walking their dogs through our parking lot. And the one thing that I had noticed is that this really is a church plant. That's what it is. It was new. It's, we're still growing. It's like we're not far from the birthing stages of it, you know. And uh, so, but I noticed on the grounds that trees were grown down all the way to the parking lots. And I noticed leaves were kind of thick in the outline areas around, away from the building. So the whole property really needed, it was like, it, it was just, they just didn't have enough people at the time that were able to maintain the facility that's in here. And I'll never forget that, um, I, I did a message, uh, uh, one thing about, and I was talking about that very thing, and I told everybody, I said, listen, I said, we want people to come to our church, but I'm going to tell you, we are sending out a message from this campus that, hey, listen, you know, uh, uh, if we're not taking care of the outside of what we're doing, that's sending a message to everybody that how are we going to care for them when they come inside? And so, and I just, the Lord hit me with that so strong. And so we got people together. We had some Saturday cleanup days, and we made some plans and this and that. And listen, we were doing all kinds of stuff. Listen, we, we ended up, and I said, this place, this campus, the Hills Campus in Beverly Hills, needs to be the best-looking place on the circle here in Beverly Hills. And listen, 
praise the Lord, our fellowship, our people, they took that to heart, man. We started getting busy. We started gardening in here with Sister Pam Browning and Rick gardening, and we had all kinds of people coming in. Bob Lord, all these guys were coming in. They were grabbing mowers. They were doing this. Uh, we had folks from the main campus, of course, they're coming out, and they were cutting the trees about 12 foot up. They were cutting them off, exposing the parking areas once again. Leaves were raked up. It was manicured. Listen, in over uh, about a year period, man, we had the parking lot resealed, everything edged. We had both buildings painted like pure white. And listen, this place is like, if you see it, now you got to come out and see it. And, and, but it's, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And I loved it. And then we got done, and I just like, yes, awesome. And a lot of visitors would come in. they say, how would you find the place? They drove by. They said it looked so nice that so they wanted to check us out. And we had several people that would tell us that. And so it was awesome. So the message was the right message, right? And then one day I took all of our leaders, and we went out and went across the street. I took them out there, and we turned around, and we looked back at the facility and the campus. And I asked them, I said, what do you see? What do you see? They said, man, we see a beautiful campus, a campus that's all fixed up. It's the pastor is the best-looking thing on the circle, amen? And it was, it is, it still is, you know? And so, and that's when I said, share with them this passage of Scripture. I said, the thing is, it looks so good on the outside, but what we have to be careful of, we got to make sure that what's happening on the inside is not dead man's bones, amen? And so, listen, that's our, listen, we need to be seeing people say, we need to be making disciples, we need to be training people in righteousness, any place. Listen, some of you have been Christians for years and years and years. You need to find a younger person that needs to be discipled and plug in with their lives. Reach out, search out, pray, say, God, who would you send me to to help disciple, to become, have a relationship with them so that I can show them what it means to live a Christian life. And that's what we're supposed to do. Discipleship isn't just sitting here in a room in a classroom facing forward and learning the scripture although that's part of it but it's more so one that's doing life with one another it's rubbing shoulders and elbows it's out here working together like they did to make this campus shine like a dime and so i just thank the lord for what our folks have done listen we implore you oh lord bring life out of death again today let it start in us amen let it start in us let that resurrection be made known we all as christians have experienced resurrection and salvation you should be very familiar listen listen you are not the same person that you were hallelujah and when I got to this part, I got thinking about my own life and how my own life and how God transformed me. He resurrected my life. And at age 27, listen, before I was 27 serving in the military, listen, and I'm ashamed to say that I flew with guys who showed me the ropes at 18, 19 years old as I went all overseas and I went to some of the despot places. And you'd be like, no, Pastor, not you. I went all over the place and places I did things with these men. And listen, and I am ashamed of. I'm ashamed to be exposed to stuff like that and and listen and and the thing is and i knew better inside i knew better i wasn't a christian but I, but inside i knew better and i walked and i did my life i was self-serving individual i was so selfish with myself it was all about me myself and i and not about anybody else and then one day i had been hearing preachers preach and we had been going to church, and then when I turned 27, I was on the island of Sicily, and listening, God was speaking to my heart, and he said, listen, man, you're headed down a dead-end road. You're headed down a road of destruction, and it's going to ruin you. It's going to ruin your wife. It's going to ruin your family. It's going to ruin 
everything, everything, everything. And so, you know what? And God woke me up. And then I remember sprawling down on the floor in that hotel room in Sicily. Siganella, Sicily is where I was. And I laid down there crying like a baby, asking Jesus to forgive me of all my self-centeredness and all my sin, everything that I had committed, traveling all over the globe, unfaithful to my son, unfaithful to my wife. And I hated it. And I was so ashamed, still ashamed. And you know, and God raised me up from that floor. God put a new song in my heart. He put a new person in me. Now, I'm not saying I was perfect after that immediately. No, I'm growing. That's where I, but I was sanctified positionally. I was set apart for Jesus, saved, saved. And I knew it, I was saved. And there were things that immediately he took away, and there were things that's taken time. In fact, there are still things that he's taken away from me. And so I just praise the Lord for what he's done. And I met Jesus that day when I was 27 years old. And so as I lived my life in the service in the Air Force, I, I, I left uh, the Air Force in 2000. And so here I am, you know, I'm like, God has put me up here to share the living word of God. Made lots of mistakes when I wasn't a Christian and when I was a Christian too. But God, I know, for, has forgiven me of everything. And I can stand here with a pure heart and a clear conscience that Jesus has come in and saved my life and saved my life. So listen, I want to tell you, salvation has benefits. It does. It has benefits. Listen to this. The lower that an object goes into a body of water, I want you to listen to this, the more pressure that is there. Think about this. If a diver goes down deep enough, they say that his jaw will actually lock because of the pressure. A boat, if it sinks down far enough, the pressure, listen, of that boat will collapse the hull of that boat unless it is pressurized. So if you're a submariner, you know this. Submarines are pressurized on the inside. I want you to think about this. They have a balance of pressure on the inside, listen, to offset the pressure that's on the outside. And it combats. So many people are collapsing on the outside because they have no life-giving pressure on the inside to sustain them. We need that pressure on the inside. And that pressure is a living Jesus Christ. We need to have that confession from the inside of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God pressurizes Christians, listen, on the inside, so they can handle the world on the outside. And I want you to never forget that. So listen, when you are saved and salvation has come to you, listen, you are saved. You are resurrected unto new life. Truly, you are resurrected into life. And then listen, one day when you breathe your last breath, you're going to be resurrected again. And I just praise the Lord for that. In fact, as we close, I just want to close with this right here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, let me read this as we close this morning. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 51, Paul says, listen excitedly listen i am telling you a mystery he says we will not all fall asleep but we will be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the bible says the dead in christ will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed because this corruptible must 
be clothed in incorruptibility. And this mortal must be clothed in immortality. He says, now when this corruptible is clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal is clothed in immorality, in immortality, then the, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Now the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law that convicts you of your sin. And it says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And that's so awesome. It's so true. And so we need to listen. Listen, we don't want you to be informed. 1 Thessalonians 4, I want you to hear these words. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, concerning those who are asleep in Jesus so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. You ever notice that at a graveyard, at a cemetery? The ones that are crying the hardest are usually the ones with no hope. And the ones that know Jesus Savior, and if that believe, if that's a believer in that grave, listen, I know. I know this for a fact because I know it in my own life. Because I know my loved one knew Jesus. Listen, it's much easier to see them go into the grave than if they didn't know Jesus. And when you look at people and they're all tore up, look around. God shows you. He shows you. He shows you where their heart is. And you need to pray for your loved ones and your family and your friends. I'm not saying everybody's that way, but I'm saying that you can see. You know what I'm talking about, Christians. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I praise the Lord that I have hope in Jesus. He said, and he says this, he said, he said, since we believe that Jesus died and rose again in the same way, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. For we say this to you by revelation from the Lord. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly have no advantage over those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God. Listen, folks, the trumpet of God is coming. And the significance of a trumpet, man, you've heard of a bugle cry for charge, right? You've heard, listen, the shofars that Israel blows, it calls people together. It summons them together. It brings them together. And I heard a story about a chaplain in the military back during the Civil War. And this chaplain was went to bed at night and he was sleeping and he got up super early in the morning he said and all the whole regiment was out in the field in the civil war and they were all under their blankets he said when he went to bed the night before he looked out there and it just it just looked like a bunch of tombstones and graves that you know of, uh, like a cemetery and he went to bed but he got up early in the morning when he got up early in the morning he went out his tent he looked and he could see it had snowed all night and all he could see was little mounds of the regiment all over the field, everywhere, all over the field. All he could see was the mounds of snow, the little small mounds of snow, because these guys were in there in their blanket. And then all of a sudden, the bugle sound, the reveille came. And when it came, all these mounds exploded up, and these guys jumped to their feet. And he said, oh, my. This is just like the resurrection. These guys were resurrected. Thousands of men, soldiers, resurrected up. Listen, Jesus is coming with the shout of an archangel, with the trumpet of God. And he says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. All those that are in the grave that have gone forth are going to come bursting out of the grave first. 
first, and they're going to be changed and transformed. Their spirit is going to be reunited with their body, and they're going to be transformed into a glorified state, just like Jesus was. And he says, and then we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. And then he says this, therefore encourage one another with these words. Man, as your pastor, it's my prayer. Listen, I'm nothing. But Jesus has given me an opportunity and privilege to honor him. And my heart is to honor Jesus. I don't, I don't want nothing but my life to honor Jesus. Look at what he has done. Look at what he has done for us. Look at what he has endured in the cross. He endured the shame and the despise and the brutality of a cross. And he did that for you and for me. Why can you not give him your life He did it. It's a fact. The tomb is empty today. The tomb is empty today, and it will always be empty because Jesus has risen from the dead. And Jesus said, came, and he met with his disciples, and he met with more than 500 on a mountain in Galilee. And right amongst the 500 and and 11 disciples, he stood right there, and he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He says, and I'm giving this authority to all of you to go and make disciples of Jesus. Church, that's our responsibility. We have a responsibility with Jesus. Let Jesus use you. Ask him to use you. I don't know what to say. Jesus will give you exactly what to say, and he will put you in the place where when it's time, he will give you that courage that you need if you submit to his authority. Let him give you courage to say what you need to say to your family members, your friends. This passerby is on the street. God loves you. He loved me so much, and I thought I had no hope left in my life. And he showed me the errors of my ways. Even after I saved, I, I, I erred in my way. But God, he, he took me, he preserved me, and he told me, he cleaned me up. I confessed my sin to him, and he come up, and he, listen, and washed it away. And he'll do that for you, Christian. He'll wash it away. Confess it to him today. Let Jesus be the master and Lord of your life. Lost person, let Jesus come in and to save your life. And then when he saves your life, let him be the master of your life and follow him with all your heart. Love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love everybody else the way that you love him because you realize what he did for you. That means you can rest in Jesus and you can trust Jesus no matter what happens, no matter what circumstance, no matter what disease or what any insults or anybody. Listen, Jesus endured the cross. He was insulted. He was despised. He was spit on. He was ridiculed. He was beat unrecognizably. And he did that. And he still showed love to everybody, even the ones that persecuted him. He died for them. Would you do that for somebody that you don't like? Are there people in your past that you haven't reconciled yourself with? Are you still not talking to your mama or your brother or your sister, your aunt or your uncle or somebody because you harbor ill will towards them? That's a sin, the Bible says. God wants us not to sin. So right now, as I pray, those of you that are Christians, ask the Lord to forgive you. He will. He already has. You just need to get it out of yourself. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. For you that are lost, 
ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. Ask him to come into your heart and to cleanse you and to save you this morning. I promise you he will save you and your life won't be the same from that moment on. You sincerely give him your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time together. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing in all of our life. But, Lord, we thank you for your precious blood that covers a multitude of sins. Lord, come into us. Lord, touch our hearts. Touch our lives. Lord, we just want you just to, we come just as we are to you. Just as we are, we come to you, God, with all of our sin and our filth and our guilt and our shame. Everything, God, we come to you, Lord. We give our life to you because, Lord, we know we cannot get rid of it ourselves. It's impossible for me to get rid of my sin. And, Lord, you shed your blood to remove us, remove the sin from our life. Lord, you covered us in your blood. You said it is finished. You said it is done. I've applied my blood to your life. And, Lord, if you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior today, sinner man, listen, one that's lost, listen, ask him to save you this morning. He, he saves today. Just simple faith. Believe that he died on the cross for you. Believe that he shed that blood for you. Believe that he was buried in that tomb with all your sin. And believe that he rose again from the dead to justify you in his presence. Father, I thank you for those who may be praying to receive Jesus right now. May they receive Jesus as Savior right now and say, Lord, save me. And may they get up from where they're at, turn their life around, stop doing the sinful things, the things they know they should not be doing, and help them to chase you, Jesus. Not divided at all, but Lord, having their eyes fixed on the hope of glory, you, Jesus. I pray for my Christians, brothers and sisters, God, that you touch them, Lord. Maybe they haven't been sharing, Jesus. Maybe they haven't been sharing. Lord, I pray, God, that whatever the situation is or the circumstance, maybe there's things in their life they still haven't given to you fully. I pray, Lord, that you touch them, Lord, and that you draw them to yourself and that you minister to them, and Lord, and that you let them see the errors of the way. But let, let them take those errors and let them throw them at the feet of Jesus who forgives, forgives, and never remembers it again. Lord, restore that power back in those who have had unconfessed sin but just confessed it. God, we thank you this morning for all that you're doing. We thank you, Jesus, for the cross. We thank you for the tomb. And we thank you that the tomb is empty. And we thank you, Lord, that you sit at the Father's right hand and you intercede on our behalf. Lord, we glory in this day that we, some of us call Easter, some uh, the world calls it Easter. We as Christians call it Resurrection Sunday. And Father, we just bathe in your love. We just rest in your love. And Father, we thank you, Lord. Help our world to see you, Jesus. The greatest disease that ever was on the face of the earth is sin. Lord, and you're the only cure for it. That's why it's the greatest disease. And we can't see you with it in our lives. Save everybody. Save somebody this morning. Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory for all that you've done here this morning. And we thank you for your word. For it's in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen and amen. I want you to enjoy yourself the rest of the day. Give a shout out on Facebook to Sister Barbara. Uh, beautiful music. I love that. And uh, just pray that you have a glorious day. He is risen. Never forget that He is risen. And because He is risen and you're a Christian, you're a resurrected too. Amen.
and that other resurrection is coming someday soon. Amen. So listen, look out for Sister Denise and I. We're going to finish our, uh, we're going to do our devotion tonight at 7 p.m. And we'd love for you to join us, okay? Amen. Y'all have a wonderful, 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 blessed resurrection day. Amen. We love you. Bye-bye.